Star Wars sessions. Probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. The Star Wars sessions podcast. Part that he loves a good Star Wars session. Absolute legends of Star Wars sessions. This is the way. This is the way. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is when fun begins. Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy and welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the Sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, aka Jabba the Hud, and joining me here as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon, he's the greatest Star Wars man, fan and buddy out there, and just like me, he needs a haircut. It's Luke Bly, yeah. Master Blywalker, how are you sir? <laughs> oi oi savaloi yeah not too bad mate not too bad um what i've heard you've been down in uh the land of pasties and Ooh. and beaches the best beaches in britain how was cornwall mate was it good mate, i saw a wall it was uh made of corn and i thought yeah. i fancy a bit of that uh yes i've been down old cornwall i'm not gonna do the accent i'm not going to it's very uh specific <laughs> west country uh, but no, it was really nice, mate. Nice to spend a week with the family. And if you was there with me as well, uh, we got to go around sort of the, the, the southernmost reaches of Cornwall, uh, some of the tourist spots like Land's End. And we went to Kynance Cove, which is a stunning, mm. stunning part of the country. And you're right, some of the beaches, even the ones we didn't get to down in Cornwall, in the weather that we had, which was hot, very hot, you would be forgiven for thinking you may be in another country or in the in the med or something yeah genuinely some of the beaches are excellent but no mate it was nice to uh, recharge i don't think anyone noticed that um i was away last week because we had such an awesome episode go out but no mate it was good good to recharge good to go and get some sun get some vitamin d to the old skin but uh oh, yeah. glad to be back in sessions hq but what about you mate how was how was your week off in the sun Oh, it's been snazzy, mate. It has been snazzy. Oh, you got a Southampton mug. I do. Your football season's just started as well, isn't I it? I know. And you're doing all right on the Fantasy League, mate. You're doing all right Am on I? the Fantasy League. I'm one point away from you. I'm oh, one point away from you. Sessions, boys. By the end of the, by the, end of the yeah. season, we'll be at each other's necks. That's it. But your brother is running away with it at the moment. It's outrageous. Nice. It is outrageous. Yeah, give, give it. it to, it's a long. It's you know. It's a long season. Two games. Marathon, in, long sprint, season. Um, no. So yeah, mate. Uh, do you know what? I have a a question. I have a question okay. and a concern, and I want to know information because I've I've put it out on the internet. I've put it out on the interwebs, and I've not had any clear answers on it. Okay. Now in the US, there are a certain amount of IMAX cinemas that will be yep. playing Rogue One, a Star Wars story, on the 20... <sighs> on the 20... 20 what is that? 20, 26th of August. On the 26th of August, they're playing Rogue One, and included in this screening is an exclusive look at the new Disney Plus Star Wars series, Andor. Andor. Um, which sounds incredible, doesn't it? Come it on. sounds absolutely incredible. Now, I put this out on the tweets, mate, and I was like, Any- does anyone know if this is happening in the UK? And a few people were like, no, nah, not happening. Or people just saying, no, I don't know. I need to know, please. Um, Star Wars Meg, when it is, it is happening. Oh, cool, cool, huh? But I haven't seen much public info on it. 
So she, right. she said to us it was the 24th to, to the 26th, she said. And I don't know if that was those three days or if it's between the 24th and the 26th in the UK. Apparently, it's definitely happening. Our girl has said so. And, you know, I'm going to trust the word for now. But if it's happening in the 26th in the States, I'd imagine it would be concurrent over here and just be for the one day, uh, the 26th yeah. over here. And I hope so, because I really want to see Rogue One again in theaters. Oh. You know, it's my favorite Star Wars film, but to see that again in the big screen, plus a bit of Andor as well. But I, I know, think right? it'll be the same over here, but nothing has been announced. Well, hopefully we can uh, get a bit more clarification on that if anyone listening knows anything let us know give us give us some info especially you uk guys but i'm hoping there'll be something at least in london or you know i don't know that'd be fun that'd be fun drop us some Uh, cheese hey what drop us some cheese you know follow the crumbs to cheek to the answers there we go you know drop us some emmental yeah oh yeah or brie applewood oh yeah oh mate camembert Come on, Bell. Oh, yeah. Smelly cheese. Yeah, now Cheddar. we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> no, Matty Boy, I'm really excited for this week's show, mate. I'm really yeah, excited. Good. We've got a great topic, and we had some great responses on the social medias, mm. uh, which we will be reading out. Uh, a lot of mixed responses on this topic, and uh, <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't wait to uh, dive into it, Matty Boy. No, I cannot wait to sample the filth from all of you guys. But before then, all I can hear in my mind and in my ears are the chimes of Big Ben Kenobi approaching. You and I, mate, we know that only means one thing, which is... Oh, it must mean, mate, boy. It, it, oh, is that... Yeah, it's the... It's the Galactic News Round! <sighs> Lucasfilm will re-release Rogue One in select cinemas on Friday, August 26th to promote the upcoming Andor series. In an interview with SiriusXM, Oscar Isaac has hinted he would be open to returning to the franchise as Poe Dameron. And the original and sole surviving blaster used by Han Solo in A New Hope is expected to fetch up to half a million US dollars at auction. Hi, this is Details, actor, creature performer in Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Yeah, you're damn right. Luke Bly is positively quivering with excitement and anticipation about tonight's episode. And do you know why that is, listeners? Because he, like me, like a lot of you, is a prequel boy. He's a prequelist. Tonight we are talking about the renaissance of the prequels. Now, you don't need me, Luke, or anyone to tell you that the three Star Wars prequels were, and still are to some people, derided or called cack not very good the worst of the franchise <laughs> we wish we could remake them and um, a host of other songs and documentaries made about them we all know the journey from release to now in 2022 but it seems like public perception is changing about them and we're here to kind of now look into why that would be the reasons behind that 
know, were they really that hated in the first place or was it just uh, the loud majority, loud minority, sorry. So, Lukey Boy, the renaissance of the prequels. As a prequel boy yourself, as someone who grew up with them in cinemas, firstly, how good is it to see those films getting a much more positive response from fans worldwide? Oh, I mean, what a question. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible to see something you've grown up with and and just love and you're so familiar mm. with just actually have the recognition that, that, you know, someone like we, people like we feel like they deserve, you know. We, we recognise these aren't perfect films um, and they're flawed in places, you know, and there's a big debate on with uh, whether they live up to the original trilogy. You know, I, at the end of the day, I think they're different. I think they're completely yep. different, completely different. Um, but it, it, it goes without saying, mate, that for a long time, they weren't always loved. They weren't always loved. A lot of people are, as well feel like are pretending like that weren't a thing. Yeah, like they're pretend- on, yeah. It's either that or they weren't or they don't remember it or they weren't there. Okay, maybe there yeah. weren't fans at the time, and that's fine. That's completely fine. But I think some people have some like short memories when it comes to this topic. Yeah, that's that's what I reckon. Um, yeah, I, what I've noticed, mate. I think over the last few years, right, the prequels have been loved. You know, uh, uh, I feel publicly a, a little bit more at each Comic Con. Okay. Yes. At each Comic-Con, you notice a few more clones. At each Comic-Con, you notice a few more Anakins, a few more Padmes. And I, I, you know, this year, Matty Boy, when we were at London Film and Comic-Con at Olympia, that was, I feel like that was the moment where, oh, oh, wow, like the, this has changed. You know, you got to bear in mind we're at a comic con where there's a lot, there's a lot of like twenty somethings and teenagers going. There's also a, there's a huge mix of people. There's a huge mix of people and fans. But it's nice to see that this generation has found its voice and they're like proud of the prequels. You know, because yeah. it's oh, I remember it weren't like that. It wasn't like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, why did George Lucas sell the company? Was it because he got bored with it? Was it because he didn't have any extra ideas? No, he said he said himself, "Why would I want to make any more films when people are just mean to me about what I do?" Yeah, the the vitriol which George Lucas faced, which Lucasfilm faced, which was the franchise faced post Phantom Menace, Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. You know, nowadays it's almost taken as normal. You know, you release some, you expect backlash. I hate the world we live in. But then, you know, it was it was as bad as it is now except we just didn't have social media you know, uh, amplifying yep. everybody's voices. Yep. But let's not pretend that none of this happened. There are people out there who I who, know. Oh, I never hated them. I, I, don't, I think you're making this up. G- give me one example of when somebody was uh, calling Ahmed Best names or Jake Lloyd. Guys, come on. You, you're being obtuse or you're just an idiot. <laughs> or both, probably, in some, most cases. But there was a backlash to these films. And, you know, I can understand a critical backlash because those first three films, the OT, were, were universally loved. Even if, you know, they had their ups and downs still, people were rightfully or wrongfully expecting the prequels to be as good as or not better. You know, let's justify their existence. They've got to be as yeah, good, good as surely. And maybe they weren't. Maybe they were to some people. But the point is there Oof. was a backlash. Let's not pretend that there wasn't. We wouldn't because we're not daft. But I think people are coming around to the prequels now for 
a variety of reasons. And LFCC was a really good uh, place to start because those who listen to our LFCC uh, episode, if you haven't, it's really good fun. Go and check it out. We we were putting a question, weren't we, mate, to people? You know, what's yeah. your favourite Star Wars? Is it a basic question? No, because it, it elicits so many different uh, responses, so many different debates from it. You know, we, we did hear, you know, the Empire Strikes Back from a lot of people, not just the quote-unquote older generation, but a lot of the youngsters too would come in and say, Empire is probably the best film, but my favourite is, and what was it, mate? It was Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Was yeah. of the pops and the Clone Wars was getting a lot of love as well. Yeah, you know, the, you know, we're the prequel generation. It we're coming, we're coming to the fore now, mate. <laughs> the voices are being heard. We it's, are the prequel good... boys. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "See you later." I heard that song for the first time in well, probably about fifteen or twenty years, whenever it was the other day. No. I thought it was a cover. I don't remember it being this bad, but uh, there we go, Skater Boy. Uh, good tune if you remember Pre- it back then. Uh, also known as prequel boy coming soon <laughs> by dan sex prequel boy oh come on come on danny boy give it to us come on. to be fair that came out in and around the prequels as well so it's, yeah it's, it's part that, of that, that era but also i think that you know when you start to look at things like uh fashion trends and um even um tv shows you know things from the 2000s or the um, late 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 90s because you know yeah. phantom menace only came out a few months before the the, the, May, the, yeah. the 2000s do you know what i mean but Ooh, um yeah like uh, i think let's say like malcolm in the middle malcolm in the middle's kind of got, getting popular again a lot of people are watching that that's on disney plus over here yes. in the uk i don't know if it is in other territories that's great to see one of my favorite shows growing up people are watching that mm-hmm. again a lot of the fashion like the streetwear is now going it back is. to like that those like 2000 style you know and uh i think the prequels kind of come with that don't they you know that kind of it's and it's weird to say like like nostalgia you know suddenly it's cool to like the prequels but we'll say this because you you said something interesting is whether they're, they're they're better you know better than the originals or not and that's all down to interpretation anyway it's down to taste of course, yeah. right it's down to taste opinion um, yeah now I, th- I yeah i feel i feel like the overall story of the prequel trilogy is ahead of its time it's extremely relevant for society in 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 different countries today i know uh, i think that it's it's revolutionary in the, in the way that at the end of the day this is like a, it's a it's a film for everyone a film for kids a film for family and yet it still had this ability to tell a very serious story you know i had no idea I had no idea about the political undertones or the political message or the, 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 the message about humanity, you know, in the prequels. You know, you, you, do, you just turn up for the cool lightsaber fights, the action, the yeah. music, the effects. And yeah. as a kid, you even maybe subconsciously you're taking this stuff in, right? Because kids are smart, but you can, they can't necessarily articulate it. But I think the prequels have so much meat on them. And it's crazy how now we can see that and now we can sit and talk about that and discuss that and do podcast episodes about it yeah and yet at the time there were so many people that were expecting a, you know the original trilogy mark two they were expecting a new hope point two empire strikes back point two return of jedi point two right and 
they didn't get that. They got a different story. Even even the look and feel of some of these films is really different to the original trilogy. That could be a good thing. You know, George always said, Matty Boy, he, he wanted to push the boundaries. He always wanted to bring yep. something new to a film, right? But I can also understand why some people would think, man, where's the... Where's the Star Warsy stuff? Where's the you stuff? When you're seeing like a flashy Nubian, you know, going around, uh, and that's like the 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 kind of focal ship of a, a of Phantom mm-hmm. Menace. But you know, you, we made such a big deal in the original trilogy of having like warning used ships that felt yes. really, really, you know, realistic and grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, but again, I think that, that George always said that's because he wanted it to reflect that it was more a well wealthy time period. But again, yeah. you know, people might not people might just look at that and go, "Yeah, it's not really that Star Warsy." And I find that mental. I find that mental because I yeah. grew up with this stuff. But I'm just trying to put my feet in their shoes, right? Someone who, would, yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do know what you mean, and I, I will always rebel. Why? I rebel <laughs> against that. You know, it doesn't oh, mate, feel Star Wars. Uh, you're all rebels, aren't you? I rebel. I thank God that was cut from the film. Hopefully oh, they put that in days. for the that IMAX release, mate. But, um, I'd like to, maybe Andor can say in, in, in his own show, that would be great. Um, Hopefully he delivers it in a better way, because that line, that line got me worried about Rogue One. I rebel. This yeah, was a line I, from I, a trailer, wasn't it? It was a line from a trailer yes, in... uh first trailer. And I always it? say to people, go and check out trailer one and trailer two. You know, nothing from trailer one is in the film and nothing gets carried over really into trailer two. They're two totally different vibes. It's amazing to see. But um, yeah, not Star Wars enough. I'll always rebel against that because at what point do we just... <laughs> um, look, look, I'm not going to say... I won't go into too much, but uh, the Incredible Hulk, Mark Ruffalo, great actor in his own right, came out this week and said... It with the MCU, you get a different flavor, a different feel, a different meal every time. Whereas he said, Star Wars, you get the same stuff. It's you know same old stuff each time. But that, that's the problem. I I don't think that's entirely correct. But I don't want the franchise to get to that where it is just oh well, I know what I'm going to get each time. I don't want things to feel Star Warsy. Yeah, it should have. It's the, the DNA should be in there. Of course, it should be. You don't want to just release any old tat and put Star Wars on it just because you can. But like with the prequels. People were so used to the world that George and people like Roger Christians and Roger Christians are built uh, with that lived in environment that when it came to the prequels, you know, it just went over their head. It just it just didn't feel like the two didn't mesh together. And like you said, it was because we were living in a more affluent time in the galaxy. It wasn't just George is playing with his toys and wants to make things look shiny. It was to showcase that when we got to the OT, look how far, you know, things have gone. Look how far the galaxy has fallen from grace compared to what it was um so i think a lot of it was down to that you know people were going in very excited to see the phantom menace which also very odd because the trailer for that film i don't know if you remember how much hype and excitement was generated about the trailer it took people three days to download it was it mighty joe young i think it was for mighty joe black so people were going to buy tickets for that film just to see the trailer and then naffing off again you know surely the trailer <laughs> should have been a bit of an indication of what the film was going to look like but um, I think you're right. I think it. I think they just felt tonally different to what came before. But George was a different filmmaker. It'd been it had been 16 years since Return of the Jedi, and at least 40, at least well, probably about 16 years, yeah, between printable photography and production for both of those films. 
16 years is a long time in somebody's life for them for them to change it's a long time in technology obviously the advancements have changed you were never going to have george filming on you know stock film again he did on the fact menace of course but more against his own wishes i think when you look at clones which is shot on digital but you were never going to get george doing everything everything practical everything on camera because the times had moved on and um whether people had or not i don't think everybody had or whether they were willing to accept that their Star Wars was maybe, at, for them, was DOT. The PT was now somebody else's gateway. And they had to accept that, you know, passing the torch a little bit and the baton onto other people because change is inevitable, mate. Exactly. Exactly. And it's important as well that every generation has access to this kind of story, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that the original trilogy becomes irrelevant. And that's not to say that oh, no, the never. original, you can't go back and watch the original films and go, wow, they're some of the best films ever made in pop culture or just ever made anyway. You know, um, they are very, very incredibly special films. And we can, uh, you know, like you, what you mentioned, uh, oh, well, this was off, off air. We were talking about light and magic a wee bit, you know, and when you watch something like light and magic, you really do realize how revolutionary George Lucas, Lucasfilm, industrial light magic and Star Wars was to Hollywood, to cinema, to film, you know, without those, you know, George, Star Wars, etc. You don't you don't get so much of what we get today. But May Boy, that's the same with the prequel trilogy. It's the same with the prequel Spot trilogy on. again. You know, without the prequels, you don't get so many modern uh, movie making techniques. You, d- you just don't get them. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say there aren't weaknesses. Okay. And we've, al- we've already addressed some of the weaknesses and we, we've, we've spoken about them lots. And you got to bear in mind again, and I'm glad you opened up with this. We are that prequel generation. And so. We're almost going to have that bias. You know, we weren't that generation that was growing up and going, oh, the prequels, they're not real Star Wars, because there was a lot of those. There was. There was a and lot of those. And if you feel like that, fair enough, but that's, that's, just, that's just your opinion, man. But, yeah. you know, it's again, it's, there's no right or wrong necessarily, but carry on, yeah. sir. But, you know, even some of the acting in the prequels, you know, it does get ropey. You know, maybe George did get caught up in some of the effects. You know, sometimes George maybe should have had a bit more help, but he was surrounded by, I I feel, you know, a lot of genuine people wanted to create something very special. But, you know, they weren't equals to George. You know, there was no one there that could look George and go, mate, I think we're, we're, we're doing this. We're going a bit too far here. I think we should do this thing. We should do that. You know, George was, was the top, was the big daddy. He yeah. was the big daddy. He's like Sean Hudson in the fantasy premier league <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. At the moment, at the moment. <laughs> and uh, he's up there at the top. Right. And then you've got all these people who probably grew up with star Wars looking at this and thinking, look, oh, who am I to question this guy? Who am I to question this guy? It didn't work like that in the originals. You know, there was a bit more of that cohesion. Collaborative, yeah. And I do think that comes across, you know, I do think that comes across. I've got a few, um, I've got a few reviews here, Matty boy. I've got Go a few on. reviews. Oi. So, I mean, you, you'll know which film this is from. And I think like, even at the moment, we've, uh, we've, we've almost like accidentally zoned in a lot to Phantom Menace already. But, you know, this really does go, this d- does apply to Attack of the Clones and somewhat Revenge of the Sith. But, 
Anyway, this is from New York Mag. It says, George yep. Lucas has been quoted as saying that actors are still the best way to portray people. But in watching his Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, you get the feeling he wishes it wasn't so, that he could dispense with mm-hmm. actors altogether. Being human has never seemed more humdrum. And maybe this was Lucas's intention. By making his CGI creatures, his droids and globs and thingamajigs, so much more <laughs> captivating than his people, he's striking a blow for the primacy of special effects over human effects. At this point in his career, he may not know or care about the difference. I mean, that is so harsh. Imagine, you know, that's the review for Phantom Menace. You, you, you're coming away and you're just, you know, that's kind of in your face is didn't like the CG and the acting yeah, on that. And I, mean, I get it. Special effects in 99 weren't a new thing. Like CGI wasn't a new thing in 1999, but maybe obviously the sheer amount plus obviously Jar Jar and the mocap and that revolution as well led to, I get it, it. It's that thing where, you know, if you're not used to it, how do you approach it? Is it overwhelming? Now, maybe it wasn't back in 1999. I was old enough to remember seeing many films in 99 um, prior to that, which had very ropey CGI, but my brain just got on with it. Yeah. I get where the, I can't, I, I, I understand the, the basis of the complaint that, you know, there's a lot of CGI, there's a lot of effect, uh, uh, digital effect in this film. And obviously, when you look back at it, there's actually less in that film, isn't there, than in the other previous Yeah, it's, but it's quite practical. It's and it's mental. a good looking film. It's a good looking. It is film. a good looking thing. I, I think it holds up for the most part because it's shot on film. Um, but I, you know, I, I can kind of get where they're coming from in terms of we know that, like you said, the acting wasn't great, the dialogue wasn't great. There was a lot of stiltedness to proceedings, where, uh, whereas it could be seen that it was style over substance somewhat. But the but to bring it back, the story of the prequels is excellent. You know, written down on paper or on your Wikipedia, one through three is a great story. Um, but yeah, I, the over-reliance on CG as we went through the prequels as well, th- I think that did hurt it. People look mostly at Attack of the Clones because first yeah. film shot on digital. By then, the effects weren't quite where George wanted them to be, but he went with it anyway. Revenge of the Sith, you only got a look at the Battle of Coruscant in you know the first sequence in Revenge of the Sith to realise how far things have developed in those few years. That looks boss. You know the opening battle in, in Sith, but you know oh, I, I get that, and that's one of the things that's always leveled at the prequels is that they're green screen heavy. Uh, we had recently Ewan McGregor saying that the volume is is incredible for an actor. Now we mentioned that last week because you you, you could feel like you're there. You don't have to pretend anymore. You don't have to have tennis sticks on balls and surrounded by blue and green screen. You know, I think a lot of the perception of the prequels is some of those you know behind the scenes images as well that. You know, it just looked odd. It just looked like a very weird process. You know, nothing, nothing's really there. But you have Sam Jackson, Hugh McGregor, and like a pretend Yoda just surrounded by blue. And they're like, yeah, this, this is a library. Just walk through it. That is a very odd way of filmmaking. And, you know, I, I like the prequels, but like you, I'm not going to pretend that there isn't, aren't flaws with them. But you know, to, to, on that first point, I'm so glad we're getting them back. And I think one of the reasons we are having that renaissance, mate, is a word you've already mentioned, and that is nostalgia. Now, I think yep. enough time has passed where, you know, nostalgia for the prequels is at an all-time high because you and I and all those around us have grown up with these films. We now remember. And what is nostalgia if not thinking back to 
what we apparently think were better times or easier times or less stressful times or whatever you might want them to be, you know, happier times. That's what people think of nostalgia, rose-tinted glasses. And, you know, The Phantom Menace for me, whilst Revenge of the Sith is my favourite of the prequels, like it is for most, I get the most nostalgia, mate, for The Phantom Menace for all the reasons I've mentioned countless times ad nauseum on this show. It just takes me back to being a kid and going to watch them. I me- remember going to see it. And so I'm always going to, that's always going to, you know, be a part of my uh, thoughts and feelings for this film. Just how it happens that I've grown up more and more and I actually enjoy the film more and more now. But I think nostalgia, yeah. mate, is playing a huge part. And that isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because we recognize the flaws. But I do think that is one of the main reasons, man, why it's coming back. They're coming back. And even doing this podcast, like we get so many different opinions and points and takes mm-hmm. on the prequels, but not just the prequels, the sequels and the, the originals, Mando, everything. Yep. We, we hear it constantly. Every single day we're getting these opinions and it's a real pleasure to get those opinions, especially when they're good, when they're well thought out, when they're concise and you're like, yeah, do you know what? That's a really good point. Didn't think of that. You know, I, and I think with that and with the nostalgia and with the, you know, 1999 was a long time ago, 2002, long time ago, 2005, long time ago in a galaxy uh, far, far away. You, you look back and you oh, think, yeah, mate, that, you know, it was all right. It was good. It was good stuff. Yep. It ain't perfect, but it was good stuff. Um, I think that's a huge, huge uh contribution you know to to my appreciation in kind of this prequel renaissance um but you know uh, let me ask you a question mate let me ask you a question right so okay i I would say it's fair to say it's widely regarded that revenge of the sith is the strongest prequel you know i'd agree for everyone i know phantom menace gets a lot of love these days phantom menace gets a load of love yeah attack of the clones has like a devout following, you know, but I'd say it's not quite there. I'd still say Revenge of the Sith. I'd imagine, and we we even did a poll on this on Instagram, and yep. the majority was Revenge of the Sith, you know. And I weren't that surprised, surprised. by that. Yeah, weren't surprised. weren't surprised. Now let's say if Revenge of the Sith didn't land that well, <laughs> yeah, and you get kind of a a ropey ending that doesn't quite bridge that original and the prequel. Would that change how people look at the prequels now? Would that change people's nostalgia for it and fondness for it, do you think, in a parallel universe? Yeah, I, I think uh, like being hit, being smacked in the face of that question live on air, my first thought is I do think it will, It does. Revenge of the Sith, critically and with fans, was seen as a kind of a, a cushion for the prequels. You know, oh, the, the franchise is falling. Nope. Here's Revenge of the Sith with a kind of soft landing. You know, maybe maybe overall mm. the whole thing wasn't great, but you can't be kind of ended with a little flourish there. I think if Revenge Revenge of the Sith was, uh, you know, it, to most people the consensus was level with something like Attack of the Clones, then I do think the prequels would wouldn't be seen as fondly today. You know, I, I still think there'd maybe be a so good they're bad kind of nostalgia towards them oh god man do you remember when Avengers of the sith came out and this that and the other now and we do, let's not lie we still kind of have that we've got the prequel memes i'm sure we'll mention them shortly but we still kind oh. of have that you know so good they're <laughs> bad kind of thing being brought out but i think revenge of the sith really 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 helped the pt uh, to not fall off the edge you know to not sink without a trace if 
I'll throw the question back to you, but I'll also add another one onto that. If Revenge of the Sith tanked, like you said, do you think there would have been even more of a clamour from someone like Disney who bought them to course correct? Or do you think they would have thought, like, we're leaving this franchise? We'll, you know, we'll, we'll let that one simmer either for even longer or ever. Oh, what a question. Uh, oh, that is difficult. That is a good question, <laughs> Matty Boy. I think whatever happens, right? Whatever happens, Star yep. Wars is going to be a big hitter. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just that it's got that name, and I think it earned that. It, it basically earned that right in 1977. Of yeah, course, earned yeah. that right. Empire comes along, Jedi comes along. You know, and people love these films. They love these films for the most part, or anyway, they came to love them. Anyway, you know, in the case yeah. of Empire <laughs> and Jedi, but um, I don't know. It's it's yeah. I think even if it crashes and burns, there's still that potential, isn't there? It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. You know, people still invest in it. You could maybe okay. use the analogy. It's slightly different. It's slightly different, but you could maybe use the analogy of what Amazon are doing with Rings of Power. You know, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings films, you know, critically acclaimed some of the Chef's best kiss. pop culture films ever. And, you know, the Hobbit trilogy comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to say yes, say no more? (laughs) Uh, You know, that still doesn't diminish the value of sort of a Tolkien TV show. You know, that is an expensive show because it has got that Tolkien. It's got that Tolkien name in it, mate. You know, even if there's a mishap somewhere, it's still, it's still that. It's still that brand. And, but, you know, there is still, what I would say is there still is kind of like your hit points. And I think you've only got so many hit points. You know, every IP goes through that. I think every football club or sports team goes through that even. You know, there's only so many losses you can have before your fans and your 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 manager managership and, you know, everyone starts turning on a club or on an organization yep, and start going, do you know what, this is enough. There needs to be change. There needs to be this, needs to be that. Um, Star Wars is just one of those names, mate. It's a household name. Disney, I think, would have probably thought, oh, do you know what? We can get them for cheaper and maybe even sooner. <laughs> you know, People would have- love the films now because we've saved Star Wars, they'd think. Yeah, yeah, you'd think. Well, Matty Boy, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned this in previous episodes, particularly our older episodes. But, um, you Good know, times. the first, the first line, the first line of, uh, The Force Awakens episode seven <laughs> is this will begin to make things right. You know, and I'm adamant, you know, yeah. no one officially is going to come out and say this, but I'm adamant that is a JJ Abramsism, you know, on, I know, look, like JJ's looking at all the people in the audience going, look, I know the prequels weren't all that. I know the prequels yeah. of this. I know the prequels of that. So don't worry. This, this will begin to make things right. Episode seven will bring it back. You know, there is huh. a little bit of that in there. And back in 2015, there was a wee bit of that. And I think that kind of has almost, almost like pretending like the prequels don't exist for a wee bit of time in modern, in this modern era of Star Wars has almost added fuel to the fire. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, the 2015 uh, Battlefront, mate, there was no prequel content. Took the words out of my mouth there. Are you going to say I was, that? I was good. As soon as you took talking 2015, I was like, I remember Battlefront came out and I forget now that it was just OT stuff. And again, sorry to the purists, but how boring. You know, when you've got so much to choose from, I don't want to just go back to 
Hoth and Endor and Tatooine. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go to Naboo. I want to go to all these other cool places. It's um, still great. Would have it, been was st- nice. it, it was still great, but the the lack of prequel content you could smell it. Was it. So you could and smell how many it. People said you could, you could smell it like something you don't want to be smelling in the morning. <laughs> um, and how many people were saying you know Disney are erasing the prequels or they're ignoring the prequels and then battlefront 2015 comes out no prequels uh the force awaken comes out the first line whether intentional or not you know so many people picked up on it you know this will begin to make things right and jj has always come out and said he wasn't a fan of the prequels and when the rise of skywalker came out he tried to do a bit of a cringy about turn and be like oh, no no you know revenge of the sith was really good really like the opera scene and this that and the other now um, similar to how Simon Pegg's been doing now that he's in Star Wars. Um, but yeah, yep. I think there was that idea that Disney were trying to sort of, you know, distance themselves from that kind of embarrassing relative that, you know, we invited to the parties, but we don't really want here. And I think you're right. I think that absence made the heart grow a little bit fonder and people were like, well, hold on, you know, where is you and Obi-Wan in the game? Or why can't we have the pod racing flags outside Maz's castle on Takodana like they were, you know, they were there but they were taken out for the final film, um, which still irks me because that would have been such a cool Easter egg to have some of those flags outside the castle. Um, Mm. You mentioned, obviously, up top, we put this question to other people. We didn't. The word sequel trilogy or words sequel trilogy were brought up quite a lot in uh, relation to the prequels and why they suddenly have a newfound love. And do you think that the sequels have anything to do, mate, with the prequels, the Renaissance, do you think the reception to the sequels or how they were made or the quality, and this isn't us saying they're good or bad, you guys know how we feel, but we we can't, it's almost like the elephant in the room. It's like, it's like the, the banter in the room. Did it have the sequels in any way kind of made people look at the prequels and think, yeah, actually they weren't that bad or there was a cohesive story or, you know, whatever they want to believe about the ownership of Disney. You know, I quite think that Kathy and the, and the gang are doing all right. Do you think the sequels th- have contributed yeah. to this? Mate, I think there's a, there's a bit of that. I think there's definitely a bit of that, you know, for, for a great deal of people. My, th- my first thought, though, mate, is that there's maybe a wee bit of tribalism there, you know? <laughs> you know, people just do yeah. that, don't they? And, and yep. uh, some people are just daft and they're like, oh, there's so much <laughs> Star Wars. And the likelihood is they went to the cinema and probably liked The Force Awakens. They probably loved Rogue <laughs> probably One. Loved it. They probably, yeah, yeah, and they probably all went and saw them and they're like, oh, yeah, this ain't my Star Wars. This ain't proper Star Wars. Blah, 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 blah. Not, not, like, not knowing that they sound exactly like the people that criticized the prequel trilogy. Exactly. Yeah, and I remember exactly. that. I remember being there and like, and it was usually the adults, usually a few more gr- like grown up people or teenagers, you know, that thought Aged, it was trendy yeah. to hate in the prequels and like, oh, yeah, well, the, the prequels are rubbish. Whoa, 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 whoa. And now everyone's changed their tune, haven't they? Everyone's changed their tune completely. There's been a massive U turn, you know, we've got this Obi Wan Kenobi series, mate, boy. Yeah. Dude. Which is like, <laughs> you know, it's the prequels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it's is like two point three point five, isn't it? It is. It really is, and it does. You know, granted, it does a very good job of blending the artistic styles of the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, and yep. you know, in 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 many ways. Um, but oh, mate, it drives me up the wall when people like look. You can you can dislike the prequels, you can uh, the sequels, you can have of issues, course. you can have issues with it. 
I have issues with it. I also have issues with the prequel trilogy. You know, they're not perfect, mate. Mm-hmm. That's why we've even said in, in this episode, you know, the acting, the CG, we've read out some of the reviews, the reviews, you know, a lot of these like Hollywood <laughs> film critic people slated the Star Wars prequels. They destroyed them. They did not like them. They said, that's it. This is the end. This is the end of Star yep. Wars. There's Magic not going to be any more Star Wars. George Lucas is out the building. He is no longer in Hollywood. He's destroyed it. And yet, yep. these films, my boy, you know, when you think of films from the 90s, when you think of films from the 2000s, I'm, I, I'm not convinced there's, that there's a lot more that can compete with a legacy like the Star Wars prequels, you know, and I've already named one of them, Lord of the Rings. Yep. Okay. God. And, um, and yet the fandom, it doesn't have the same size or scope star wars is bigger oh, yeah. for longevity reasons i mean there are there are films or franchises that were born then which are still going now but it's but it's a legacy as well you look i mean i'm not i would i'm not i don't know i don't want to throw harry potter into there because that has got the legacy and those films were massive um yeah but things like the matrix true. okay 1999 is called the best year in film and i'm pretty much i, I would agree to that on most terms but you had something like the matrix came out but then those mm-hmm. sequels, second one was fine, third one was unt, <laughs> wasn't. And then you had the new one, which I didn't like. But uh, mm. again, the legacy, people, the nostalgia was there apparently, but story wasn't. Um, and yeah, yeah, and like the Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, the Raimi films, they're getting a bit more of a renaissance now with No Way Home, with Tobey Maguire coming back. But you know, with, with Star Wars, the prequels, yeah, there's, there was so much to build off of from then. And things like Fallen Order as well. I want to throw that in. Fallen Order did a great job of meshing the prequels and the OT brilliantly yeah, with, the, with the visuals and things like the Bad Batch are doing that now. And, um, uh, even like Mando's got a few prequel nods in it. But, um, yeah, I, I agree that there are, you know, there were, you know, there was something called the People versus George Lucas. You probably remember that and that song that people sang, which apparently now people have forgotten all about. You know, it never happens. Uh, and it's coming back again now with the sequels. Uh, do I think the sequels will have a renaissance? I'm not as sure on that, not because they're not great films, but because I think that the people who have, who have their voice are already online. Social media is so big now that you've only got to go online and see the Stan accounts, the Raylo accounts, the sequel loving accounts, which is good stuff to know that, you know, well, I don't know how much of a, uh, a cultural renaissance they're going to have because social media wasn't around in the prequel era if it was maybe there'd have been more vocal fans then about it now a lot of the vocal sequel fans are already online so you know there's always going to be like under tens maybe <sighs> who watch the films who in 10 years will yeah. come out and like it because that's I like mean, me. I hope they do that's that's like me like you know i was that and that's exactly. that's the that's the slight difference between you you're a wee bit older than i was and i was a bit just, younger just a bit, and, yeah. and so we just a bit we're not you know we won't disclose specifics here you know but <laughs> you know like there, there was that slight difference i think even even when we approach the topic you can tell there's that slight difference where you know i was that kid sitting in the theater i didn't care about all this other stuff and i didn't really hear tons of it online i just remember going to school people wanted to play with the action figures they wanted to play with the toys and they wanted to recreate star wars scenes in the playground done you know that that was it great fantastic that's what it's all about that's what george would rather hear than you know someone saying yeah it's fine or yeah i liked it if 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 george I'm sure he did hear this, but, you know, put yourself in Lucas's shoes 
um, those beautiful sneakers of his and, and think, you know, <laughs> those films in, inspired a new generation of kids to pick up sticks and pretend they were lightsabers. And instead of being old Alec Guinness, Sir Alec Guinness or um, Han Solo, they were you know, Hayden Christian's Anakin or they would be Padme or they'd be Ewan's Obi-Wan. You know, that, that they brought a new uh, load of fans into the franchise and thank goodness they did because they're the ones who now have the voices or at least they're as loud as the ot generation and i I don't mean for this to sound tribal as well like oh the pt fans have their corner the ot fans have their corner and now they're kind of fighting and getting on i don't want it to sound like that but you know you can't kind of get get away from that a little bit and now you've got the sequels coming in and i just want everyone to play together and enjoy it all whilst being realistic about what's good and what isn't um but I think we can't not mention the Clone Wars as well, mate. You've mentioned many times on this show how the Clone Wars has impacted many people, people you know. We heard it from yeah. LF, uh, LFCC. Yeah. The Clone Wars, mate, you know, how much of a, how instrumental was that in, you know, kind of lifting the prequels and the story up? It's huge, I think. I think it's absolutely huge. And, and I think that, you know, the prequels had, I think a bit more support from other projects within Lucasfilm and within the Star Wars brand. You know, and by that, I mean, you know, you had your Star Wars Battlefront one, the original one that was like 2005 came out, I think. Yeah, boy. Uh, or 2004. And then you got the other Battlefront two, which and games came out way quicker back then, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> you, you got Battlefront two that came out with uh, Revenge of the Sith as well. And uh, you had the video games, you know, you had the cl- the 2D Clone Wars. And then a few years later in 2008, which, you know, 2008 isn't crazy long after 2005, you know, it's not oh, that long. No, production after. times either. Plus you had the Clone Wars film as well, which is obviously 2008. That was the first thing people saw. But, I mean, it probably took a little, it took a, I don't know what the lead time is, but at least 18 months minimum to get this thing off the ground, if not two years. So they probably went into production fairly soon after Revenge of the Sith came out, or at yeah. least pre-production on that. Yeah, I, and, and I think that really helps bolster and bul- really like, bulk out the prequel story. It bulks out the prequel lore, the characters, and it just adds to it. And it almost like expands that prequel generation. So you've kind of got this gray area, whether those kids that did see the prequels or at least some of the prequels in cinema and also watch Clone Wars. And then you, you move on, there's that gray area. And then you've got these kids that didn't watch Revenge of the Sith in cinema. You know, they were too mm-hmm. young, but they watched Clone Wars. And then yep. because they watched Clone Wars, they'd watch the prequels. And then, oh, I love the prequels. And then they'd watch these old films with the original <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yeah, these are good as well. These are pretty good, but the effects are weird. You know, and <laughs> I've heard that a couple of times. Like, there's there's a lot of kids, they, they, they're just like, yeah, I prefer the prequels, just prefer the storytelling, prefer the pacing, prefer the effects, prefer the fights. And for some mm-hmm. people and for some kids, they prefer that. You know, I think as an adult, for example, I've grown to love The Empire Strikes Back. It feels like almost year after year, I look at that film and I go, wow, what a film. What a film. I can't as wait for kid, our commentary on that film. Oh, don't, don't imagine that. I mean, as, as a kid, though, it's really cool. It's really, really cool, Empire Strikes Back, and a lot goes down on it, but does it beat pod racing? Does it beat Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon versus Darth Maul? 
Does it beat a Jedi well. in a Ge- Geonosis arena battle? Does it beat does, Obi-Wan versus Anakin on Mustafar? Does it beat Padme's dress in The Phantom Menace, that classic no, um, Eastern-influenced dress? It does not, mate. It does not. You know, it's, uh, but again, it's all down to taste. Yeah. It's all down to taste, but I can totally, I totally understand why a lot of kids just like fell in love with the prequels and that, and it, 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 and this is what I was saying ultimately, mate, is that you, you had a lot of content that was supporting the prequels. Yeah. And with the sequel trilogy, it, you know, we, we've not had that. You know, we had an animated show, Rebels, which was obviously set during the original era. Not yep. during anything to do with the sequels. Sequels was brand new. Okay, we had Resistance. Didn't have the impact of mm-hmm. Rebels or Clone Wars. We know that. We said that. We said that to our mate, you know. Um, we, it's just being transparent. It just didn't hit. We're now, and I think in the years to come, we're going to get a bit more clarification on sequel lore. Thanks yep. to shows hopefully. like The Mandalorian. Hopefully. But even then, mate, you know, it's it's just not had the same support as something like the prequels, right? But I think in a lot of areas, they're better films. A lot of people, that would annoy a lot of people. But in some areas, I think the sequels are stronger. In some areas, the sequels might even be, in places, the best. I think, um, oh, man, I, 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 I'm not, in that, some areas. That is, a really, that is a really good kind of question to pose to anyone, but... You know, looking at the three, the two trilogies and the th- and the six films, though together, I would posit for me that the that the sequels are better films, pre- almost overall, story wise, planning, cohesiveness, whatever. But I, you know, I I love, I really enjoy the sequels, and even something like R- the Rise of Skywalker is that any better or worse, let's say, than Attack of the Clones, which a lot of people would say is the weakest Star Wars film. We we've looked, we've. We've kind of gone back, reevaluated Rise of Skywalker enough times, and you know it grows on us each time we watch it again. Yeah. That's going to be a commentary for the ages, but um, that's a very interesting question. Maybe a good question for another time because it's getting my brains ticking about oh, you know, the sequels and the prequels. But I don't want to create a, yeah. a versus like a, a battle to the death here. Oh no, now you've said it. Problem- it's coming, mate. It's coming. Yeah. Next week on Star. Yeah, um, <laughs> now I think yeah, the Clone Wars was was huge. I think what you said there was was massive that it lifted elevated the story and the characters of the prequels you know a hundredfold matt lanter ashley x dean jimmy o jimmy arnold taylor just to kids some kids that's that for their obi-wan and anakin and obviously ahsoka ashley x dean is ahsoka to most people we've now got rosario in the live action shoes too so and a lot of people can now watch the prequels with that backstory in mind and it you know, it's mm. never going to change what you see on screen, but it, you, you can kind of understand Anakin more now when he turns and becomes Vader. It hits oh, people harder now because they've just watched 125 episodes of the Clone Wars. Yes. You know, you were my brother, Anakin. They've gone back and watched it. And like you've said quite correctly, the Clone Wars actually answered just what on earth Order 66 was all about. You know, that it yeah. has now made that so much better. And it know, makes it feasible. Just, it makes it, it actually makes it feasible. feasible. Yeah. Because and, they're and, like, oh, yeah. This, and- what is it? They're like, oh, yeah. This, um, what, what do they call him? Lord, uh, the guy who orders the clone oh, army. Sifo Dias. Sifo Dias has ordered. And you're like, what? Even today, even now, I'm like, 
what is what are you talking about what are you going what Honest how are we meant to know about well. this stuff who you're just yep. you've said a random name and we're like oh they've ordered this arm. and the general are like all right then might just well use them uh, might just well use this is, army then cool let's do it oh, is that, um does this though become like the whole you know books and comics argument where in order to truly appreciate the prequels you kind of have to watch the clone wars otherwise you miss out on a lot of stuff um, which then, you know, throws the whole canon thing in, into issue. Like, same with the sequels. You know, you read something like that new book that came out, Shadow of the Sith, that is a filthy book. And then suddenly mm. it suddenly makes the rise of Skywalker a bit more palatable and a lot better in places. But also, you know, some of the um, some of the other things that have come out, like Mando, you know, we're going to get some of the cloning stuff or the Palpatine stuff there. You know, it's having to look elsewhere, which then makes everything feel that bit more cohesive i just wish it was but uh, yeah i think the clone wars was a huge huge reason why the prequels have had that renaissance especially with things like ahsoka now in the mandalorian uh bo-katan in the mandalorian these prequel era characters but from the clone wars it just gives more uh validation to that era to that to those stories and to those characters and to george's vision of the time and time time is a healer i've mentioned absence makes the heart grow fonder you know maybe just having that much time makes people feel some more warmth towards them time to get over the the wounds i use air, air quotations there that these films caused because we thought back in the day 2005 that's it star wars is we've only got these six films is that it and now you know time time is a healer people can look back now and think okay well back then it annoyed me now not so much. Who cares? We've got these new films. And the question is as well, and this is, this is subjective in his opinion, but, you know, w- were they really that bad? Yeah, over, right. Overall, yes, right. there were rough scenes. Yes, there were rough dialogue and there's memeable moments forever. But were they actually that bad? Like the, you know, the fact of menace, is it really awful? Clones, is it really, you know, one of the worst films ever made? Revenge of the Sith, you know, is it, you know, passable in quality? Or is it, was it just a reaction to what people wanted, um, to fans and what they, their head canon? You know, were they really that bad, mate? That's the question I kind of want to leave myself with now. Well, I think even with, even with the prequel generation, you know, you mentioned the memes. I mean, the memes are legendary, you know, but the yep. prequel generation are kind of the same generation that kind of, we're inventing memes that we're using memes on the internet and kind of pushing that into more popular culture, just general mm-hmm. culture. Um, so because that's a reflection of their star Wars, do you know what I mean? I, and okay. The prequels might be me- more memeable and that's mostly because the <laughs> sometimes dodgy dialogue, but it yep. was only stuff from the original trilogy in some case, like hello there, hello there said in, the original yep, trilogy. Yep. This is where the yep. fun begins. Said in the original trilogy by yep. Han Solo. Han says it. Yep. Lots of people don't know that. Yep. They do not know that. Um, so he says it on the yeah, Falcon. It's just because people are like they, they're like, nah, prequels, isn't it? It's prequels, you know. And I think when we look at this as a big picture, you know, I think there's a few things that contribute to this renaissance of the prequels. There's a few things. But before we kind of wrap up with that, I want to leave you with this review. Okay, this is for Revenge of the Sith. Remember, which was widely yep, okay. you know, a better received film, right? It's a better received film. This is from Rolling Stone. 
drink the Kool-Aid, wear blinders, cover your ears. Because Matty Boy's smiling and laughing like he already knows that. That's how you start out a review. On, yep. <laughs> uh, because that's the only way you can totally enjoy Revenge of the Sith. The final, most futile attempt from school producer, clumsy director, and tin-eared writer George Lucas to create a prequel wow. trilogy to match the myth-making spirit of the original Wars saga he unleashed 28 years ago. That's it. That's it. Tin-eared. I mean, when when you take into consideration that was written in 2005, that was that was written yep. in May 2005, and you know that was then, and yet now, when you look at all the kids and all the teenagers, all the adults dressed as clone troopers, when you look at all of the action figures and the toys that are still being bought today that are from the prequel trilogy, when you see the posters being put up in family homes of that old film that your dad saw at the cinema and loved at the cinema. When you see the Obi-Wan show being pushed, look, we've got Hayden and Ewan, guys. When you see the adults crying because Hayden Christensen is back in Jedi garb, man. Yeah. Come on. Ewan McGregor, mate. Ewan McGregor alone, like being kind of the Star Wars person this year, you know, celebration person for the trilogy. Yeah, man. For, for, for being, for being the highlight of Star Wars celebration this year, it kind of puts to bed reviews like that you know and you you begin to realize that those reviews serve a purpose served a purpose at the time and they're great and they're really interesting to go back and look at but when you look at the legacy and the longevity of of something like the star wars prequels you can only see movement you know and as time goes on i think we're only going to see more and more star wars prequel fans we're only ever going to see more and more clone wars cosplays we're only going to see more and more clones in the 501st legion yeah that's what's going to happen that is what's going to happen and matty boy you know it might be different it may well be different but i do think to some capacity and i think in places we already see it it's going to happen with the sequel trilogy too this is Patrick Schneider, Senior Brand Manager for Hasbro Star Wars Fan Business. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions, possibly Britain's spiciest Star Wars show. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, let's go! Oh, pretty cool juice. Oh, juice. Let's go and have a beer in the band scene, oh. mate. We've pulled the Falcon up outside our favourite dusty drinking hole after one hell of a good conversation about something we love, the prequels. Let's go inside. The only question now, mate, is shall we? Let's do it. Can I offer you a libation to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative? A libation. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? Absolutely. Give me the spiciest drink you got. Pour me another Parkell and Sling. Where are you going, Master? For a drink? Oh, those guns are out one more time to talk some prequels. Now, each week here in the Bantina, us guys, we sit down with you guys and girls, the greatest listeners in the galaxy, the best ones out there. We have a couple of Kef beers, and we get your thoughts on our main discussion and like Lukey Boy said, we asked, you delivered. We asked for your thoughts 
on the rise of the prequels popularity and you didn't let us down no we got some crazy responses in the and i mean that in the best way possible we got some crazy responses on instagram on twitter everywhere um but on instagram i mean you guys delivered you guys yeah. delivered i'm looking after the instagram this week and we matty boy people are passionate about this subject like people be writing these paragraphs long paragraphs and we're here for it we love to see the passion there you go. so here's a few uh jay mansioned says this it's a generational thing the grumpy fans dumping on the prequels aren't the kids that grew up with them the prequels were beloved by our generation and the sequels will be beloved by the next generation of fans it's so easy to forget that star wars is for everyone and what isn't your cup of tea is someone's gateway into the franchise that you love the hate never lasts in 20 years the sessions lads will be posting this asking about the sequels <laughs> when there's a new trilogy for everyone to be mad about yes mate yes mate. i love that what a comment jay you absolute legend we love you i am always jealous of jay's artwork and art skills and also the toys that he gets he yes. gets a ridiculous amount of toys and figures. Like I'm so jealous of it. He's a good um, lad. And he and it, Matty Boy he unboxes all of them. But he keeps the packaging and stuff and then puts them back. But he unboxes everything. Mint. You know? Who knows? Who knows? Right. Twin Sons Collecting says, For me, in 1999, when I was eight years old, I think they were widely accepted by the kids of that generation who weren't old enough to be active on the internet then. There we go. And it's, so here's a point like what you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. mate, boy. Do you think more kids are on the internet nowadays as opposed to in the, like, 2000s? Yeah, I, I do think that as well. I do think in the early 2000s to mid, there was still a kind of hesitation around the internet or there was the whole Y2K thing with technology and digital stuff, which there was less uh, education around the internet you know there was the idea that you could go on there and you know bad things will happen yes that is still very much the case now but i think now we've had it for so long now that it's big you know people know how to use it more or we can inform those who are younger than us how to use them and there's more safety measures in place blah 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 so i do think there are more you know younger people at least i don't know how old these kids are but i do and that's what i think about the sequel trilogy i think a lot of the people who love the sequel some of them will fall into that younger demographic and they're already online but their voices will only get louder, mate. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Now, Richard Salek says, I guess it happened after the sequels came. There we go. And we've got a few comments of people just short, yeah, like, yes, yeah, since the sequels, since The Force Awakens, blah, 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 blah. And uh, that's how they feel. That's how they feel. And there is, there is a chunk of people that feel like that. Um, what about this? JMD96 underscore YT says, I grew up with them and I can see the Clone Wars TV series being a big factor for the appreciation. Mm. Obviously, we talked about that, Matty boy. Um, Tim Tolson as well, he says, because the last three movies were so bad that most fans switched their hate <laughs> from the prequels and focused on the hate on the sequels. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, even within that comment, you're looking at it and go, what? So you just switch the, yeah. Because he, here's the thing, mate. A lot of those people are the same people. Yeah, the prequel trilogy you that saying, you love. Man? Yeah, there are those people, you know, that come and pop on them, you know, and say, You've ah, become the same thing you swore to destroy and all that kind of stuff. There we go. George knew. George knew. Yeah, George knew. got it. And uh, to wrap up this, uh, the Instagram bit, mate, Dimsky. 
He says it was, it was meant for kids. Those kids grew up. So did the opinions. So simple. So smooth. So dimsky. This sounds like the Belgian Bond, doesn't it? Dimsky, you're a king. Thank you so much. And like Lukey Boy said, we've got lots of Instagram comments, big ones, so please go and check them out. Uh, move over to Twitter and the old Facebook. Sticky Pop. Our boy Sticky Pop, he said, I think we really value nostalgia. For some people, the prequels take them back to their childhood or more simpler times when we were younger. Same happens with music. We can be transported to happy times in that way. Time has been a healer for the prequels. Uh, Matty Gunner, in a comment which got a few likes, he said, The voices that spoke up against them aren't the loudest anymore. Those of us that grew up with them are now old Mm. enough to say, Actually, you're wrong and here's why. The sequel trilogy kids will do exactly the same soon. Uh, Bantha Fodder, The Clone Wars saved the prequels. It added so much depth and complexity to the ideas of the prequels, but uses a better writing style, one closer to Revenge of the Sith. I think the sequels needed The Clone Wars to get people to like it. Um, like Lukey Boy said, we've got a few people, you know, saying shortly after Disney butchered episode 7, 8, and 9, 7, 8 and 9 because the sequels came out, people blaming Kathleen Kennedy. That's your prerogative, yeah. whatever. Um, Taylor Holland on Facebook, she said, I noticed more memes popping up and more people talking about it around the time The Force Awakens came out. Also, I believe Disney Plus brought them back into sight, and I think that helped too. I love the prequels. I love democracy. I still remember when McDonald's had the Phantom Menace toys. I got like four <laughs> Jar Jars in a row. And uh, Dan Crabhorn said, great question. Thanks, mate. Lukey Boy's your boy for that. I think once the Clone Wars properly finished, plus with the incredible Mandalore arc, Rogue One and the Bad Batch, the story grew and became more expansive. When they came out, I loved them. I stayed away from them for several years and then loved them again after the above. That is a really good way to end, for me anyway. Mm, uh, not mm, just mm. old Taylor saying, she got four jar jars in a row, I feel you on that one. But <laughs> like Danny Boy saying, you know, when the prequels came out, from, uh, I am with him. I kind of dropped off, not the Star Wars wagon, but you know, I, I watched them there out, that's all we're getting now. Let's move on, see what else is out there. And then, you know, Disney buys um, Star Wars, we get more things coming out, we get Rogue One, The Bad Batch, The Siege of Mandalore, um, The Force Awakens, and the prequels suddenly... Uh, start coming from out of the rear view and they start they start coming on your left a bit more so um yeah i, I think I, I i relate to that you know you kind yeah. of like up down then back up again and you know I, I unabashedly love the prequels flaws and all and i know i'll be like that with the sequels mate in a few years i mean like let's be fair i love this i love the sequel trilogy era love it yeah you know, somehow palpatine returned right now who great who cares i'm with it i'm on board with it now explain it away some other way who cares um no. but i know that in a few years time i'm going to be you know i'm going to be digging the sequels as i do the prequels and just be you know it's star wars some some parts of it blow but but i really like the stories the characters and, and moments in it so you know roll on those days so it, to be fair mate they're not they're not far off when it comes to the sequels but um well people a prequel were, out there you know something that really bugged me was i i posted um the tiktok and instagram reel of me showing my nephew from birmingham who came down um like star wars like basically a montage of the millennium falcon right it was a montage of millennium in the original trilogy and force awakens and like cartoons loads of things because Mm -hmm. my missus and i were like right he's, he's he's four now and so let's get him a star wars toy right and i got him the mission fleet millennium falcon which is a great boy great toy great toy yes. uh, you know it's and i think for kids it's a it's actually a decent line you know and um yeah, gave one away at lfcc really decent mando one there we go lad 
There we go. Good man. Good man. Yeah, it's uh, it's exactly that. So I was like, right, let's get them a th- get the Falcon for him. But he he doesn't know he doesn't know what Star Wars is. Doesn't know. Never seen it. And I was like, right, okay. Well, that morning he ca- he came into to our room, and I was like, right, come on, sit down. Let's uh, let's watch <laughs> Millennium Falcon. And the begins. clip that I didn't even know she was recording it. My missus recorded it, and she recorded yeah. the bit where Ray and Finn are in the Falcon together, which yep. is a great scene. It's a great scene. If you're looking at, oh, why, you know, why do you start with Force Awakens? Well, number one, if you can't, can you not read? Did you not read the description, you idiot? I said the it's Falcons montage. Never look better. You moron. Yes, and and it looks fantastic. It's a fantastic scene, Matty boy. It's a tremendously executed scene. Oh, he's done it. Here he there comes. There we go. Look, come on. Drink up. Oh, no, that that ship's garbage. Well, bang. Oh, the garbage will do. Come on. At the we cinema. Can do this. We can do and then the music, the music cue. Like, you're like, mate, this is Star Wars. This is so Falcon ridiculously. Flies it's so ridiculously Star Warsy. And to look at the, just even that scene, if people can't just look at that and go, do you know what? That. That's a bit of all right. That's good Star Wars. You don't then need mate, Han Solo to be piloting it for it to be cool. No, mate. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. That's the story. That's the point. And, uh, oh, I don't know, mate. I don't uh, know. Well, you know. I e- saw that, mate, and it own, wound me up. There was it, only it a few me comments. Up. We, we got, if we you're got one of those people commenting, you know, don't reproduce. Do the world a favour. Please, yeah. I'm going to come out there and say that right now. Please don't. It was just the way, like... Background. Yeah, exactly. It was just the way, like, you know, you're like, oh, why'd you start with those films? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, mate, like, shut up. This, this kid's enjoying something I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sort yourself out, get a life. Yeah. Um, but no, exactly, I'm, I hope you're, I'm glad to hear that your nephew was a fan of them, mate. Uh, whether it's OT, PTSD, don't care, mate. I'm glad to see that he was digging it and playing with that Falcon. He was transfixed, and we only showed him this like montage. And I think it was like eleven minutes. I think if you just like YouTube Millennium Falcon nice. montage, that's the one he saw. And uh, oh, and we watched some like Galaxy of Adventures stuff as well. Yeah. But Mate, that, that day, what it's all about. And, and even when he got home from visiting auntie and uncle, like he said, uh, his his mum sent us a photo, and he's like been playing with this toy all day. It's like his number that's, one toy now. And uh, that's I, I was looking at it, and then you know, with the light and magic documentary recently, you look at it and you go, "Do you know what? This is so timeless. That 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 model, the silhouette of the Falcon, timeless, timeless. Love it." No, you're right, mate. And it's interesting. I'm glad you actually mentioned Galaxy of Adventures because I remember when it came out and people were saying, "You know, what is all this rubbish?" You know, Galaxy of Adventures, Forces of Destiny, perfect entry point for kids. I know my daughter likes Forces of Destiny, not just because it, it's the female characters, but she just likes the art style, it's fun, but it's a great gateway in. Do you know what I mean? It is in Galaxy of Adventures as well. It tells those stories, but in a way that kids can latch onto. There's nothing wrong with that, and it's the best thing yep. in the world as well. And the band Tina has never looked better either. So thank you guys so much for your comments, for your voice messages, you know, your opinions either way. Whether we agree or not doesn't make them right or wrong. We do welcome um, opinions from all, you know, make them, you know, make them well yeah. thought out at least. But we do welcome a smorgasbord of opinions. So guys and girls, thank you so much for sending them in. If you didn't hear your comment read out this week, don't be disheartened. You know, keep the faith. We'll do everything we can to get you on an upcoming edition of The Ban. For extra content, go to patreon.com 
forward slash Star Wars Sessions. You know it's going to be so good. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. Cast, 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 cast. That's right. Spiciest part of the Butterbot Bantina. And we have some cheeky questions for you guys this week. To kick us off is Anders Bloom, who says this. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Cha-cha, Matt and Luke. With Andrew just around the corner, do you think that we may finally have a canon appearance of the Bothans? Mon Mothma, of course, mentioned them almost, what, 40 years ago in Return of the Jedi? We have yet to get one single live-action appearance of them. They were featured a lot, I think, in Legends and in role-playing games as having an extensive spy network, which would seemingly fit nicely into the Andrew theme. But would they be too costly produce, to produce for a TV show, effect-wise? What do you think? Have the age of Bothans come? Will we finally get to see them? Or have they died for nothing? The age of Bothans. <laughs> I think yes. that should be the new uh, Star Wars trilogy, mate. Let alone like, <laughs> yeah. an appearance in Andor. Um, it's a great question. Never had any question like that, I don't think, on the show before. Matty Boy, what are you saying, mate, about the Bothans in Andor? Oh, many Bothans died to bring us that voice message, I'd assume. Um, Bothans like dying to give us information. <laughs> Do I think we're going to get them? Right now, I'm going to say no. Mm. But the idea, but when Anders threw in towards the end that they may, they've got this kind of, uh, thanks to Legends as well, having this secret kind of spy sting operation that's what they're known for possibly would i be surprised yeah. no would i like it actually i probably would because you've got old mothma mon mothma's in uh, and or we know that old Mothhead's there um and of course she's the one who delivers the now iconic strange line from return of the jedi that many bothans did in fact die to bring them that information so i yeah. don't i don't think we will certainly not in season one maybe um but i wouldn't Ooh. be surprised if they do Will they be too expensive? Again, again, it depends on what they want to do. They want to go practical, CG, bit of both. I don't think they'd TV be too expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, the t- well, I mean, you've seen that there are other shows out there who can do more with a little bit less. Um, I, I, again, there hasn't been a live action depiction. The idea is that they look like wolves or something like that, like kind of like hairy werewolf type things. They were. They were in Claudia Gray's book Bloodline in 2016. You know, there was a Bothan there. Now, of yeah. course, that's not live action. So, you know, the fact that they were in there. So they, that, that was the first real kind of mention of them, or at least appearance of them outside of mentions. But live action, none. I I kind of think that they're going to leave them, kind of like Yoda. I think the Bothans will just be this mysterious line in Return of the Jedi. And I know that's almost counterintuitive to Star Wars because everything gets a, you know, every line can be made into something. But I kind of like the Bothans to not appear i'd like them to be mm. kind of you know many boffins died like, that in itself is a mystery mm. but let's have a mystery on top of that like yoda's species let's just never no let's just not go into it so will they i don't think they will could they anything's possible and i wouldn't be surprised if they did because of the spy aspect but i'd kind of like them to stay a mystery uh, good question though anders mate what about you lucky boy oh i mean that's a 
phenomenal answer as per usual yeah when you google image when you when you look at like the boffins you know because the only source we material we do have on them where, where you can see them is the old expanded stuff you know right i don't think even in the modern canon there's been a picture there's been a silhouette of one like in a in ah. a reference book but you could, it wasn't like it but it had like a had writing all over it so it's kind of almost a, like a like a wink and a nod to the audience that here's a kind of gotcha. a silhouette which looks a bit like the legends one but we're not going to show you because that's it they they do look like a cross between a elf a horse and a wolf <laughs> like you said yeah. you know it's it's a real weird mix and to do that in practical they, they look a bit like a kashik from skyrim Good sh- I, the, I actually know what the that Elder is. Scrolls. Oh. Yeah. If you ever Good played show. the Elder Scrolls, Oblivion, Morrowind, it looks a bit like a Kashyyyk. Um, or one of, yeah, Good no, name. a bit like a Kashyyyk, maybe a bit more wolfy. Uh, so there's that. They can change yeah, it, can't they? They can change it. That's what I was thinking, mate. You know, you can always just... Uh, some of When you look at some of the artwork, you're like, do you know what? No, they could do some practical effect here and it could look okay, but... There'd have to be some background characters. I don't think you could do a main character that's 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 yeah. just you know like that. And you know, the irony in me saying it, saying this, is that I would like to see more aliens doing you know kind of central roles in Star Wars shows no, and I films. Would, yeah. You know, I'd like that. I'd like that. You know, that's Chewbacca fine. was that right? You know, and you don't need to always have someone talking. You know, don't always act like the Chewbacca thing is genius. It's so <laughs> yeah. clever, isn't it? That it's like, yeah, well, you won't talk then. You'll just growl. You'll do this like thing and that's it. It's like, yeah, brilliant. Genius. Absolutely genius. We need to know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I I think it could be something like that. However, I'm leaning more toward what Matty Boy says. I think the practicality of it, it would be difficult. And I like the idea of that bit of mystery because they are spies or that's what we knew them as anyway in the old canon this spy network and maybe they're like the spies of the spies like they're so underground that you're not really meant to notice them they're not really meant to be central in any stories Mm. so we kind of get that mention and that's it they're just in the shadows you know but maybe you know Andor is a spy show but I can imagine someone like Tony Gilroy going, "Nah, come on, long that off. We're not doing that. We're not. We're not. Like that's just gonna, you know. That's you know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. I'm. I'm really looking forward to Andor. Yes. I'm really looking forward to it. Even someone the other day, I was at a party in uh, Kent, seeing some old mates, and they said Andor does look like more cinematic. And I was like, what, Why do you think that? You know, me just, you know, play, playing devil's yeah, advocate a wee bit. Like, Why did they? And he was like, I don't know, when you watched... And they said, well, we say Matty Boy. They were like, when you watched Boba Fett and Kenobi, there was just a, wi- there was a, there was a bit of a drop in, qu- like, visual quality. You know, it was, it was hard to explain. And I was like, yeah, I know what you mean. And he goes, but yeah. the Andor trailer looks different to that. And I was like, yeah, because it was shot on location. And I think there's a few variables included in that. But anyway... Buffins, nah, I don't. I, I, I think we're we're just stick, stick to the Return of the Jedi thing for the time being. Anyway, you wait; they'll come and do it, and we'll love it. Yeah, well, that's it. They do it great. I don't need it to be a mystery, but if it is, cool. Um, Anders, mate, thank you, guys and girls out there. Buffins, are we getting them in Andor? Do you want them? Should we get them? Let us know. 
Uh, moving on to the next question, which is also about an upcoming Disney Plus series. This one is from Phil18, who met him at LFCC, lad. He said, with the upcoming release of The Acolytes, do you think we will see the origins of Darth Plagueis or even the start of Palpatine's rise? We know the High Republic era comes, comes up to around 100 years before The Phantom Menace. Could Palpatine be older than we assume he is? With this stuff only previously being hinted at in Legends material, it looks to be a clean slate that could be expanded upon. Let me know your thoughts, boys. Luke, the Acolyte. Yeah, it's, you know, it's meant to be set circa 100 years pre The Phantom Menace. Plagueis, could we be getting him? Could we be seeing like, little baby palps in there somewhere? Are we going to be going down that route and really tying into the Phantom Menace? Are we going to get our own little story in the Acolytes? Uh, depends how big they want to go. You know, from what we've heard so far, it seems mm-hmm. like they're going big. It seems like they're yeah. going big. <laughs> and I'm happy with that. Um, and if it is about dark side users and the Sith, then, well... We know that there's one guy who's around, probably, you know. Um, how old in Legends? Because in the new canon, Plagueis is a funny, funny character in it. We don't know loads about Plagueis no, right now yeah. in, in, in really can- current canon. In the old expanded universe, we knew a bit more about him. How old was Plagueis by the time of his of murder, which was after the Phantom Menace, right? It or was, was it just Yeah, before? I can't actually remember that because we had that great Lucino book you know, Plagueis, that was a really good book, uh, which I do kind of wish they'd bring back in or at least maybe change a few things, but I can't remember how old he was. I will look it up for you shortly, but, um, yeah, he, that, you know, that took him, that took us up and into the prequel trilogy era whilst Palpatine was, plan was unfolding. Let me find out how old he was whilst you're, um, answering the question. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Well, so anyway, I think in short, Phil, I think, the including Plagueis in this could be an excellent way of connecting this series to the prequel trilogy and, and, and therefore the Skywalker saga. Equally, it's a good good time to still be separate from it. You know, this is in a completely different era where the Jedi are kind of still on top of things and it's High Republic era, isn't it? That's what that's what our understanding yep. of it was, right? Uh, yeah, it's in the kind of the fledgling era. And that's right, not the fledgling, the end, sorry, of the High Republic or coming to the end of that time. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So I think, uh, again, races in Star Wars age differently, right? So Plagueis could definitely be in this. And Palpatine, we could see a very young Palpatine, you know, or if you if this goes on for a few... Do we know how many series Jacolite's going for? Is it just the one or is it ongoing? Uh, I've heard that it's going to be at least two seasons yeah at least so so i think with with that in mind i think that if you could end the series with like plagueis like the acolyte dead you know because we know that the main character is being played by um we mentioned her in the news that's it thank you and uh maybe she's like one of the main apprentices or something to plagueis and then plagueis to like get rid of her kills her and then you know at the end of the series you've got well i've got this new apprentice and it's like a baby palpatine a young palpatine that could be delicious and then you could move 
like the acolyte could keep going right because then you've got palpatine as the acolyte you know as the dark side apprentice so yeah i think i th- i think this this is the show matty boy that i think could be outstanding it could knock it out of the park or it could really break some canon break some understandings and break some hearts hearts yeah uh, there's something <laughs> there's something about this production where i'm like huh yeah i don't know and having it just focused around a bad a dark side user isn't very star warsy oh there's that phrase all. Hmm? there's that phrase it isn't very star warsy hmm something new though yeah but for kids that's not always a good thing is it for kids you don't well, want think, the main protagonist I think to Andor be will be a a kind of a decent uh, a litmus test for that because Andor becomes a Cassian becomes a good guy but he never used to be a good guy he's a, True. He's a bit of a bit of a naughty boy and it's meant to be a grittier I hate that word meant to be a sorry a tougher show a more mature show yeah, a darker show so maybe you know they're going to use Andor as a kind of jumping off point for someone like the Acolyte where they could say well now Andor was you know this is for more older audiences and kids the Acolyte is going to be similar to that we've also got this Ahsoka show coming out which was forever it'll be interesting mm. to see how they mm. play by the way Darth Plagueis in canon sorry Legends sorry was by the time he died about 100 odd years old so those geezers live a long time perfect yeah perfect okay yeah so they could they could weave it in they could weave it in you know if uh if they wanted to i i think there's a lot of potential i think there's a lot of potential but it's the one where i'm like oh you know yeah it's it's risky but then some risks are worth taking right some risks are you know the original star wars was a risk empire strikes back was a risk doing the prequel trilogy was a risk so what about you matty boy what are you saying about phil's question Mm. because it's 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 a it's a great one there's lots of layers to it yeah, it's meaty. I can't wait to get more info about the Acolyte. Uh, from what I've heard about it, it does sound pretty beefy, though. It does sound like we're going to get some good stories and good characters. Um, with Plagueis, do you remember when The Force Awakens came out and The Last Jedi and you know, Snoke was Plagueis and, mm. you know, so, and you know, so was also Mace Windu and Ezra also Snoke as well. But you know, Darth Plagueis was supremely... And everyone was really behind that. And actually, looking at it, that had that you were one of the guys and it's and it made a lot of sense narratively to tie everything in he wasn't of course it was palpatine apparently but um or, or like a pickled snoke in a jar whatever we'll get that explained um but <laughs> people want you know there is this kind of lust for Pal- Plagueis, and again it stems from the mystery canon wise we only know him from uh that line in revenge of the sith and like a few things here and there where his name's been mentioned but there's there is a mystery about Darth Plagueis. Now, in the Legends book, you know he was very active in that time prior to the Phantom Menace. He was like a businessman or whatever, um, publicly, and he had Darth uh, Tenebrous. So there would be another Sith apprentice out there. So if they were going to bring him in, I think they'd have to they'd have to change that up a bit because yeah, the, unless they just uh, it, unless they're going to completely change it, which they have every right in the world to do. Yeah, they, they can do whatever they want with the, the story of that character, but it's so well written. Why would they want to change it? I think they could get away with just incorporating most of that book. Um, 
So I, I'd like them to, because again, the timeline, we're only 100 years out. I don't, if there is two seasons, you've got to imagine we're going to obviously get that bit closer to the Phantom Menace. We know that big boy Plagueis is out there somewhere. You know, why not allude to him? Maybe we'll just get illusions. Maybe we won't actually see mm. him. It will just be an illusion mm. to a darker, oh. darker source out there. I mean, there, the potential. The potential. Exactly. the mystery yeah. going. Palpatine, I don't know. I think Palpatine was supposedly born... I don't know actually where Palpatine was on. How old was he in The Phantom Menace? He must have been about 50, 40, 50 maybe. I mean, you with know, this he, stuff, you you can be pretty flexible with this stuff, you can be can't flex. you, really? But yeah. To bring Palps in, I mean, the show would really have to go to about 40 years before The Phantom Menace to make it, you know, make it like a bit more reasonable, practical to assume that Palps would be in it. So you'd have to have a huge time. Palpatine... I'm not sure he'd be in it as a like you said as a uh, as a main focus. I think it'd be more like a kind of thing at the end where it's like you know he is my new apprentice. You know, yeah, so yeah Palpatine, yeah. whatever, or or, or uh, Sidious. <laughs> that would Sheave. be cool. yeah. His Sheev. I, I gave him a stupid name. I said no, that's his mm-hmm. actual name. Yeah, stupid name. I'm going to call you Sidious. Um, yeah. No, I think Palpatine is more likely. Vinda. <laughs> yeah, just Darth invented it on the spot. Sheave. There we on go. The spot. There we go. That's that's Lukey boys. If anyone's listening from Lucasfilm, we know you. Take that one. Yeah. Credit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Plagueis. I think we could. No indication yet that we will, but I think we could. And I do actually think that we should as well, because again, it adds more meat to the prequels, and it adds even more meat to what happens in the Rise of Skywalker with Palpatine mm-hmm. you know, learning his mm-hmm. teachings. I don't think we'll see Palpatine. Uh, I don't. Again, we might do. I don't think we will. Other than maybe a little tease towards the end. Plagueis, though, I'd like to see him, mate. And I is, think we could, but I wouldn't be disappointed if we don't. Is the acolyte stuff? Because um, again, I get, I, 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 it's so easy to get mixed up with all of these Star Wars productions. But yeah. um, is the acolyte still being filmed and developed in the UK? Is it still scheduled? Yes. To be? it's in Reading, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's it in is. Reading. That's ongoing. Yeah, so that's that started. Um, it's it's so, ongoing now. There's concept art, which is that's been drawn up for it. You know, it's very much mm. in production. Oh well, our mate Bespin knows all about that, doesn't he? I was—it's it's actually funny that Phil asks this because I'm pretty sure Bespin's had like, and I've not read it because I'm trying to stay away from spoilers. I want, I, you know, I want to stay away from the plot of the story, but um, I'm pretty sure he had news on people like Plagueis potentially being in the acolyte, or if it was true or false, and so maybe go have a read at uh, BespinBulletin.com afterwards. Yep. And, if you want, if you want, but I, you know, personally, I'm choosing to just stay away from that. I want, I want to just go into because you never know; it might, you know, understandings change when it comes to Star Wars productions. So, but listen, it's good to know oh, that it's yes. been done in the UK, mate. Just you know, down the yep. road from us, Reckon. not far from us. Particularly not you at, at all, the moment; mate. it's not far at all from you. Really, no, lovely studio as well, Shinfield Studios. I'd very much like to be invited there to have a little studio tour. Wink, wink, nod, oh. nod. Please let oh. me because it looks yeah. really nice. Um, Please yeah. let us. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what so. it is. I mean, it's the royal me or we as the sessions. Come on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I got yeah, you. I Phil, got mate, you. I got you. Good question, mate. I'm looking mm. forward to the acolyte. Plagueis, more likely than Palpatine. I think Palpatine is a 1% for me. Um, but if we don't get Plagueis, mm. then I'm not going to complain. As long as the story is there, as long as it's a solid story, mate, it all comes down to give me a good story, give me a good narrative, give me good characters, and everything will fall into place, mate. So, um, 
couple of good questions again, my friend. A couple of good ones. So Buffett, Very good. Plagueis, Palpatine. Guys, what do you think about those questions? Let us know, especially about the Acolyte as well, because we're looking at, what, I guess a 2023, 20, late, early 2024 release. Not much is known. What are your guys' thoughts? Speculate irresponsibly. What do you think could happen? Mm-hmm. Jump off of Phil's question and let us no, but that is our Patreon section done for the Bantine. And that's us. The drinks are finished. Our glasses are empty. Bartender, sorry about the mess, but we're going to be back again here, same time next week, in the Bantina. Ladies and gentlemen. It's the Star Wars Sessions Game! Game! <laughs> yes, it's that time of the week. Again, let's do it. Do it. Do if it. you're new to the show, thanks for sticking around. We hope you've enjoyed it. Every week we end the episode with a Star Wars themed game. We alternate hosting responsibilities. This week, mate, I'm hosting. Surely you want to know what you're going to be playing? Of course, mate. Come on. What are we playing? Well, this this one's a fairly simple one. It's not the most creative game, but maybe it'll catch you out a little bit. It is. We're talking the prequels and the Renaissance. I'm giving you a prequel trilogy quiz, my friend. Um, I came up with these about two hours ago. Oh yeah, and that's how we roll on sessions because yeah, I didn't want to freestyle. Freestyle. I haven't gone online. I haven't gone to one of the websites and, and done one of the quizzes. I've just come up with. Oh, this uh, is Matt Hudson original questions. Seven. Yes, it is. I've got the. So answer you knew these. Checked, so. You, you knew these. You knew these anyway. Regardless, some of like, them. Yeah, I, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Some of them. Oh, I have yeah. fact checked some of them though. Okay. But, um, yeah. Yeah. A bit, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a mixed bag, but that's the whole point. It, it's you always been, start been an awakening, yourself, don't you? You always start doubting oh, yeah. yourself. You know? Mate, there's yeah, been there's an been awakening. You felt it. If oh. if you felt it, then surely you know as a prequelist, you're going to get all of these answers. So, well, DJ, smash the music. Shall we do it, mate? Oh. Hey, let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Let's go. Right. This one, question one. This one has been asked before. You asked me this question about two years ago. I'm throwing it back to you now, mate. Without googling, oh, who no. were the Jedi that confront uh, Palpatine? In Revenge of the Sith. What are the names of the Jedi that confront Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith when he says, Kit I am the Senate? Kit, my boy Kit Fisto. Yes. Yeah? There's three, yep. isn't there? There's, there's, or no, there's, there's four, including Mace Windu. Yep, there's two, yep. So Kit Fisto, yep. what a name, Mace Windu. Um, and then <laughs> um, he's a big head, big head part of them. What about the droid attack and the Wookiees? Oh, no, Coned. it's not. No, no, no. Coned gets killed on a bridge. Yep, he's I on. I know the other one. I know Coned the other one because he's got like face paint on his eye. He looks a bit like a Star Trek character. Yeah, clean one, I say, isn't he? You know the guy I'm talking about, didn't you? I know the name of him. I've got it in front of me. Is he, he's got a green lightsaber, I'm sure of it. He's got a green mm, lightsaber. Possibly. Most of them did. And then the other guy I'm kind of blanking on. I'm trying to... Let me think of who gets killed. Because Kit's there, he's defending himself. And, he and the other guy's like, stupid uh, scream as well. Uh, That's it. Yeah. And then you got the Palpatine scream as well. I'm blanking. Stupid. I know the other. I know the other. I don't know his name, but I know that other one. The guy I'm talking about looks a bit like a Klingon. And then you've got this other person, and I can't for the life of me remember who it is. Who is it? Is it? 
That's the question. No, it's not. It's not Shakti. No, it's not because she was killed off screen. Oh, yeah, about eight deaths, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna have to go with half half my answers. Well, two and a half, including Klingon Ed. The Klingon guy. Well, I'm going to give you half a point overall, half out okay. of one, because right. you've got two, definitely got two right. Um, Mace Windu and Kit Fisto were correct. The other two, mate, was yeah. Agen Kola. Oh, no. And Sacy Tin. I wouldn't have got that. No. That's the one I always blank on. Agen, I can sometimes remember, but Sacy Tin. Nah. <laughs> I don't remember who he is. Sacy Tin. How do you think spell he, that? I think he's from the horns, I think. I'm not sure. Say, oh, he's yes, yeah, oh, yes, yes, looks a bit like a dinosaur, yeah, that goon. He looks a bit like the uh, the beast that Anakin rides in Attack of the Clones, <laughs> yes. You know? Um, I can't, that the could rhino. have been a question, damn it, I could have been a question. The I Star Wars rhino, basically, yeah, yes, yeah. we'll call him that. You would have got half a point for that, okay. Right, question great. two, um, how many days of principal photography? were completed for Attack of the Clones. How long were people in front of the cameras for, basically, on Attack of the Clones? 90 days. 90 days. You going for that? 90 day fiancé, isn't it? Oh, I've seen that. Padme and Anakin. So, yeah, 90 days. I'm I'm just going with my gut. 90 days, yeah. Actually, that seems a bit short. That seems a bit short. 120. Let me go. Let me up it a bit. Let me up by 30. I don't know why I'm doing it in 30s, but that's <laughs> in my head. I was like 30, 60, 90, 120. Go on, 120. Okay. You're going 120. Well, it was that's filming still took low. place between June the 26th, 2000 and September the 20th, 2000. It should have stuck with the original answer, mate. It was 86 days. Oh, my days. What? You nearly came in. I would have given you the full point for that if you'd stuck with it because it's, you know, as good as it with a gut I reaction just came out of that I, I just thought of Attack of the Clones I was like no nah, Attack of the Clones was a meaty one wasn't it I was like that's it's it's like the second production. longest Star Wars film right so it's a long production to be in front of the cameras for principal yeah. photography almost yeah. three months that's a slog that's a yeah. slog it is isn't it it is okay alright fair play fair play right nearly, what's next nearly. mate uh, what's the name of the underwater city in the Phantom Menace Oh, well, I know this. Where Jar Jar and his mates live. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... Oh, I know this. I know this. It's like something... <laughs> and you could all see his face. It's like Atagonga or something. Something... Oh, Right? Ooh. That's what it is. What did, you, like what did you say? Something Gonga. Gonga City. Like, what's the first Gong- thing you said? G- Atta. Atta I, I'm going to give you a point for this. I'm going to give you the point. It's Oto Gunga. That's it. You got you got you got That's the it. frigates mixed up, but I'm going to give you that Oto Gunga. Yeah. You knew what it was. You knew it. Yeah, I knew. I knew it, mate. It's just that he knew it. That little head of mine. That that little AD ADHD. Yeah, <laughs> Couldn't I can't get it. remember. There stuff. we go, mate. Go well, on. You're one go and on. a half out of three so far. You're you're, you're rock and rolling. What I'm rock is and rolling. the Rotten Tomatoes critic score? For Revenge of the Sith. Uh, 76%. that your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like the that? RT critic score for Revenge of the Sith is 79%. 
Oh. 79%. You're three out, but you're in that got, ballpark. I got the six and the nine mixed up. Flipped it. <laughs> I actually thought it was 76 as well when I went to look at this, and I was surprised it was high. higher than that. Yeah, it's, it's quite it's high. high. You know? It's very high. Um, yeah. Okay, you've got three more. So you are two and one and a half out of four. So you've got plenty of time to change, turn this round. What was the name of the Kaminoan Prime Minister in Attack of the Clones? Oh. Oh, Long Neck. Long Neck. Long Neck McGee was his name. And they're also in things like the Bad Batch. Carrot. And the Clone Wars. Carrot Karen. Body. <laughs> Carrot Body. <laughs> uh, oh, I know it. I know Kaminoan it. Kaminoan Prime Minister in Attack yeah, of the yeah, Clones. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I know it. Oh, this is so frustrating. This is so, so prime minister. Like the lady comes over, she's like, prime minister. No, Mm -hmm. Edo. That's not even a Star Wars name. Something Lee. Is it something Lee? Um, there is a name with one syllable in it, but it's not Lee. <laughs> Put me out my misery, mate. Put me out my misery because I know I know this. It's just you calling it, uh, yeah? Because I'm not going to answer it in time. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. remember it. I'd remember it in like ten minutes time. Here we go. Maybe. Mate, Maybe the answer. A Kaminoan prime minister in Attack of the Clones was called Lama Sue. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a resigned. Yeah, because oh, we, were, we were, we were, because he was in Bad Batch, right? And we would yeah, talk about right. him in Bad Batch, and yeah, and we boy, were going Lamasu, Lamasu, that's it. And Nala say the other one who got boshed up, spoiled for the Bad Batch. Um, well, you just heard it now. Um, okay, two more. Right. What was the name of the pilot in the Phantom Menace? That flight is gone. Obi Wan. Yep, you done Rick it. <laughs> he knows it already. Come on, our boy Rick Oli, Captain Obvious. Yeah, now, this he's one, mate. the main protagonist actually of the whole prequel trilogy. If, if he didn't get past that blockade, mate, that blockade, then nobody, you know, none of, these, none of these guys come out. You know, Padme's just known for her fabulous <gasps> headgear. Nothing else. Uh, blockade. Final one. <laughs> yeah, what stupid voice that is. So you are on one, two and a half out of. One, two, three, four, two and a half out of six. If you get this one, mate, you're getting you're, you're gunning for fifty percent. I was close with a couple of them, you know. So if you get this I'm one, not, I'll give you all on. seven. All right, go on then. Challenge accepted, mate. What go is on. the model or the class of Count Dooku's ship first seen in Attack of the Clones? <laughs> If you get this, I fact I'll give you ten apps. Umbrella, umbrella. Class. <laughs> That's got an umbrella it, in it. On account of it, it opening umbrella. up like an umbrella. Oh, you, uh, maybe it is something to do with that. Maybe it's like you or you know something daft like that. No, is that what you're going for? Umbrella? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, you're sure oh, you're not going to go C- for umbrella. C class, C class, C class. Okay, what yeah. letter or like the ocean? Don't know. Don't I will win it either. Right, either. Do you want to know what it is? It's wrong. Yeah, this is a it mental is. question, mate. Boy, who knows the class? Uh, did you know this? 
This guy had no idea. I didn't even. Do you know what? I was oh. sitting there just finishing off my dindins when uh, I got the message from Lukey Boy about recording. But let's, let's let's talk from Star Wars. And the first thing I thought when I wanted to do his quiz was, I've got no idea what Dooku's ship is. I don't know what it's called. I don't know what happened to it. You know, nothing. I don't know what you know. Was it blown up one day? But according to canon, it's just floating. I guess nobody knows where it is. But do you want to know the class of this? I had no of idea. Of course I do. Of course. Go on. It's ridiculous. It is. Here we go. Give me some time for this one. It's outrageous. It is a Pun Walker 116 class interstellar sloop. Sloop. S-L-O-O-P. Umbrella, mate. Yeah. It's umbrella <laughs> that class. That would have been much easier. A Pun Walker 116 class interstellar sloop. Umbra- umbrella class pimp mobile. <laughs> it is a mobile. Proper, yeah. Dooku, you know, he doesn't even, he doesn't even pilot that. He's got a droid doing it for him. Obviously, he puts in, his feet up and has a cut of jeep. We've built in Xbox with an already like pre-installed copy of Minecraft on it, so you can just sit down and play some Minecraft. You know, the base in that thing is going to be <laughs> popping as well. No, there's no expense spared in that <laughs> yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, no. And apparently, he's got an umbrella because uh, you can shut the power off, and and that's what pushes it along. Yeah. I read that today as well. I always did wonder yeah. why he had that stupid sale, but that's why. Ahead of the, you know, ahead of the, uh, ahead of the times, of the mate. Curve. You know, ahead of like Tesla and all that stuff. And then he lost so. his head. So, you know, mm. how, what good did that get him? So yeah, it's a Pun Walker One One Six Sloop Imperial class ship, whatever. Uh, yeah, had you got that, mate, I would have, I would have, you know, bought a new house for you. I would have, I would have fed you for a year. Uh, Thanks, I would have massaged your feet, whatever. But sadly, on, you didn't. Then. You can do yeah, that anyway. I'll do it anyway. Yeah, go on. Of course I will. Sessions, in it, mate? That's what yeah, happens at yeah. HQ. Two and a half out of seven, mate. That is the game. The random prequel renaissance quiz. Good job. Good job. Good job. Loved it, mate. Loved it. Got close on a couple of those, but overall, good job. I liked it. I liked it. And I'm glad that I can at least... I was on the right line of thought you remembered. some of them, so I'm proud of that. Yeah, yeah. You had that. the images in your head, and that's the main thing, mate. You don't that's have it. to know everything about Star Wars to be a fan. Is the whole point of this game? That's what that's I'm saying it. now, anyway. That's but, it. Yeah, no. Go- thank you for playing the random Renaissance game, everybody out there. Let me know how you did with that. If you knew what Dooku's ship was called, and don't lie, because through the Force we can tell if you're lying. Let us know. Did you know what that that was a Pun Walker, whatever sloop ship? If you did, fair play. But let us know if you did. You can do that by the means we're going to tell you in a minute, because that is it for this episode of Star Wars Sessions, episode one hundred and seventy-two. Now, mate, that is that though. The fun doesn't end there. No one's ever really gone. Where can the world find us, Master Blywalker? They can find us at StarWarsSessions.co.uk. Search for us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we'll be there. Just search Star Wars Sessions. Drop us a voice note or a message to our email, which is hello there at StarWarsSessions.co.uk. And don't forget about that Patreon, guys, patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions for all that bonus juicy content if you want to support our show for free however you can do so by leaving us a five star rating or review on your podcast provider of choice including spotify those five stars they help the show grow gets new listeners in it bumps us up the algorithm and it's another way for uh, to hear from more of you guys each and every week so keep them coming yes and please tell all your star wars friends about us tell your mum 
Tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell your nearest dark side acolytes. Tell your Ewok, Ooh. tell your cousin. The more, the merrier, the castle spicier. Tell your pun walker, Sloop, that this is the <laughs> podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you, always. Luke! Luke! Ah, tick tick yeah. Path. Daglas. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, there we go. Love it. See you next uh, week. Maybe. Bye. Who knows? They are Essex based podcast heroes. If it's intense for us, yeah, we don't know what it is. You know, a regular person's gonna go nuts. What?